Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 166 of the Sunday flagship show. I'm your host, I'm Colin Armstrong. Yeah, as I tell you every week, guys, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersnet. If you get onto the website, you'll see that there's a forums there. Frankie's got his social media. There's a history archive on the, the uh, the, the website as well so get yourself onto that uh, if, if you've not yet subscribed if you like what we do here we would ask you to subscribe to the YouTube channel we've got over 5,000 subscribers now which is officially more than the, the, we're at the Hibs and Cove Rangers game the other night but we'll not go into that uh, so but if, if, if you like what we do give us a wee subscribe put the word out there on social media let people know that we're here and, and, and what we do uh, we're going to have a wee look at Friday's game tonight against Stirling Albion a fairly routine victory uh, in the Scottish Cup moving into the next round uh, we'll go through all that a wee look at some of the stuff that's came out from the Aberdeen game, uh, some of the controversy around Kevin Clancy, all that kind of thing. Uh, and another wee peek at sort of maybe some comings and goings in January. We'll also maybe have a wee uh, chin-chin celebration. The fact that Joe Aribo will be home very shortly. Nigeria have been put out tonight. Uh, and I think I've just read somewhere that there's not enough players for, for any club to put in a, a request for the fixture to be postponed. So it would appear that it's definitely happening uh, on the 2nd of February. So I'm joined tonight by Chris Jack and Patrick Cassie. Chris, I'll come to you first. Uh, obviously, Glasgow Herald and uh, Glasgow Times correspondent, Rangers man, all that kind of thing. But you were getting a wee bit of stick on Twitter, the right? Weren't you? Somebody, somebody was not happy you were on. I said to Frankie before I came on, I, I people have lost you, a, a listener and a, and a viewer at some point. I've seen to upset <laughs> someone, but you can't please all the people all the time. No, you can't. And I can assure you, Chris, if you've lost us one, it's nowhere near the amount that I've probably lost us down the years, to be fair. So, uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I'm also joined by Patrick Cassie. How are you, Patrick? Looking very snug there. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I think this is my first appearance of the new year, albeit we're 23 days in. I think it's appropriate to wish everyone a happy new year. And hopefully we see as much success in, on the league front, at least in 2022, as we did in 21. I would concur to that. I would concur with that. A big happy new year to you both. You're making me look like a terrible host here, Patrick. That I'm, <laughs> I've not got my house in order, so thanks for that. Anyway, right, on to the game, on to Friday night's game. I've got a bit of confession to make. Uh, I'd have an intention of going to the game. Uh, I, I went through the game and into Glasgow, met my mate, and we ended up just staying in the pub, actually. We just, <laughs> we just watched it in the pub. It was quite cosy and... We just thought, ah, we'll just watch it here. So uh, I've, I've been a bit of a poor supporter on that front. I didn't make the game, but I did see it. Uh, Chris, fairly routine result. I, th- I think that's what you'd expect against uh, a team like Stirling Albion. You know, a fairly routine performance, good result. A wee bit of a strange starting 11. When I first saw the starting 11, I was trying to figure out where everybody was playing. Uh, but, you know, Good, a, a good result, good performance, and good to get some fringe players some 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 game time. And we'll come on to speak to you. Obviously, we'll come on and speak about Lowry, obviously. But you know, a few players that haven't been getting a huge amount of game time in there as well. I think it probably ticked all the boxes for Rangers in the game. You win the game, you get through fairly comfortably. The fringe guys get a chance. Lowry takes his chance, gets his goal. Nobody picks up an injury. Nobody gets sent off. It's a fairly straightforward and, and pleasing night at the office. Overall, it was fairly dull. It was fairly low key in, in aspects, but it was it was always going to be that. In other words, the very 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 little chance of uh, Stirling Albion uh, causing Rangers many problems or or causing the upset. So no, I think it, it was as, as straightforward and as as comfortable as as uh, it was to be expected. 
And Patrick, on nights like this, you know, when it, when it is really straightforward and there's not a huge amount of controversy, it can be a bit of a struggle for people like me to find things to talk about, you know, on the show and stuff like that when you're, you're pulling the agenda together. But Alex Lowry is obviously the main talking point of the game. You know, he's came on 15 minutes in and, you know, Hadji's taken a slight knock, so they've not risked it, got him off, brought the boy on. Within 15 minutes, he's he scored his first goal. You know, a, a really good performance overall. Uh, and I think, uh, I'll come on and speak about it, I think Michael Beale was, was going on about how many players have came through, you know, in the last two or three years and, and made their, their, their debut in the first team. So overall, I mean... I felt I felt he played really really well on the night. You know, I know I know it's only still an Albion, and you have to take that into consideration. But the boy's only eighteen year old, and you know, it, it didn't look like he lacked confidence. It looked like he, he had a lot of belief in himself. And the goal itself, you know, he starts the movie, picks the ball up in the sort of centre part, nice wee one two with Bakuna, I think it is, brilliant finish, and, and sets us on the road. So a, a night he'll probably never forget, and and hopefully a night that that sees him going on to you know make you know further appearances for the club down the line. Yeah, it was, it was obviously great to see him and Leon King both be team and conveniently younger than me as well um, make their appearances. I think Lowry uh, was fantastic. I must confess, I don't watch too much of the B team. Uh, lucky enough to watch um, when they came to Edinburgh University and watched it live. And it was um, at what you'd expect that uh, two teams of young players, but one a team of professionals and one a team of students. But I think... He had all the sort of flair and style in which he sort of just fit like a glove. Um, I think Hadji uh, replacing him was quite apt. He sort of filled his position well. And you might, I wouldn't be surprised if I see some people clamoring for him to get more minutes, which I think would be smart because he almost does have the technical ability and the style in which would only work in a team that's as possession dominant as Rangers. I think a lot of people I think Alex Super Ali was talking about him going out on loan. You have to consider how much that would be beneficial for him. You might consider, um, as opposed to playing on the weekend, training with Rangers might be better for him. As I think Ben Williamson was a good example last year. He went to Arbroath and did really well, uh, but then he went to Livingston and he wasn't able to sort of handle the step up and the sort of football they were playing were, wasn't as conducive with his technical abilities as, as it was at Arbroath. And interestingly, two years ago, to the I'm not sure it was actually to the day, but it was the same round. We saw both, I think, Nathan Patterson and Kai Kennedy make their debuts against I think it was Stranraer on the 2-0 win um, around this time two years ago. So I think that could be also offer an interesting... So those are two um, contrasting paths. One of them is now playing, albeit not playing, but uh, within the squad in Everton and left for a healthy chunk of change for Rangers. And the other uh, is seemingly um, Hamilton not living up as of yet to the, the sort of promises he's um, shown in, in glimmers, especially last season. Um, so I think it's great to talk about Alex Lauer and how well he does, but I think we should all temper our expectations. And I don't think this fantastic performance, um, albeit against Sterling Albion, is really going to change a lot for him in the next six months, albeit I do expect that we will see him on the team sheet a few more times and that he will probably train with the first team in that capacity more often. I think that'll be incredibly beneficial for him and just a point of pride for all of us fans to see another one coming through the Youth Academy. Chris, on that point that, that, that Patrick just made there, he's sort of suggesting it, it doesn't, you know, he'll maybe make the odd appearance here and there on maybe a, an appearance on the bench, that kind of thing. I was actually, I was reading comments today by Van Bronckhurst and he, he was sort of going on about the, he, his own pathway through the Feyenoord set-up and, you know, he got into the team at a very young age. And I just kind of wonder, and I always felt under advocate as well, that young players got their chance, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's a very Dutch thing, you know, they can sort of view it if you're good enough, you're, you're old enough and, and you're in the team. 
So is there, is there a small possibility that if, if he's, he comes in and does well, that, you know, Van Bronckhorst would trust him, I think, you know, because that's that's the Dutch way. So that there, there's maybe a better chance of him getting more game time now under Van Bronckhorst than he would have, say, under Gerrard. There's maybe a, a Joe Aribo-sized problem now standing in his way now. That <laughs> if you're looking for a number 10, I think Joe's got the yeah, Joe's got the jersey. But Gio has has mentioned that a couple of times. He, he likes to uh, bring in the talent, as he calls it. Now, the, the young players from the academy, his his coaching staff is, is set up to bring the best out of the academy. And it is something that Rangers have to get, have to get better at. I wrote a piece in the paper about a fortnight or so ago saying Nathan Patterson has to be the first of many. It's great having Patterson coming through the ranks and doing so well, winning the title and getting his move. But the academy is there to serve the first team. Having won Nathan Patterson every three, four seasons doesn't really justify the expense and the, the time and effort that goes into the academy. You're looking at a couple coming through every couple of seasons. Um, if Alec Lowry can be the next one to come through, great. Hopefully there's then more uh, to follow, but it is something that Rangers have to get have to get better at. It's part of the football model. It's part of the club business model to bring these young players through, develop them, help win things with Rangers, and then sell them on. So, no, fingers crossed, there is there's more to come, and it would be interesting if Alec Lowry does get more does get more chances. He's certainly done his chances no harm at all. Um, and Van Bronckhorst, I think, showed a lot of faith in him on, on Friday night. Easy option would have been stick James Sands on, stick Scott Wright on. He thought, no, this is a game where this young, this young boy, he can go on, he can make an impact. I think that if you had a young player, the fact that Gio was willing to make that call as early and put him in and trust him to go and make an impact, I think that, that gives you it gives your aspirations of making that step up. I feel a significant boost. On that again, like this whole sort of football model you were talking about, that, that sort of ties in with, with what Michael Beale tweeted the other day, saying it's it's like the 12th academy player to make their first team debut since Beale arrived, you know, with Stephen Gerrard in 2018. And it, and it kind of ties in as well with that, what Stuart Robertson was saying. I don't know if you, you listened to the, the Athletic podcast a couple of weeks ago, and there, there, there was some... Uh, pieces in the, the the paper around it as well, but that was something that he spoke about as well. You know that they, they were really building the club up from scratch, and and that was one of the areas they were looking at. So, is, do you see a sign now that what's been planned and what's been put into place is is now starting to you know reap rewards and, and produce players that are good enough for the first team? If you think back to the, the third division League One campaign, there's a, a a lot of younger players in that in that squad. But the youth development system as a whole had been neglected by the regime, and also it was then neglected for uh, for some time until until regime change. It's only really been since then the club have actually been able to focus and put appropriate staffing levels and appropriate levels of finance into the academy. That's going to take time to materialise. They're going to get things wrong. They're going to get things right. Uh, I know Craig Mahon and Ross Wilson are big fans of the the best v best that they've tried that. They're now trying the Lowland League. It's going to take time to get all these aspects to actually work. I think the, the, that rise and rise of, of Patterson has shown what's possible. There's no reason why there can't be, as I said, another one after him, another one after him. And that has to be the way that the Rangers operate. Um, I remember speaking to Craig Mulholland easily five years or so ago, maybe, and we're talking about learning from your Benficas and your Ajax and Porto and that, that kind of model. And there's no reason why Rangers can't be one of the best academies in, in Europe. You look at the pulling power they've got, you look at the, the infrastructure the club's got, 
there's no reason why we can't produce the best Scottish players going. Um, and that, that has to be the ambition. That, that has to be the goal for Rangers to churn, to churn out players of that required quality, not guys that are going to go and play League One down south or maybe go and play Championship. We need to produce Champions League level footballers and there's no reason why they can't over the coming years. What about yourself, Patrick? Do you do you see the, the, that whole sort of infrastructure and that that part of the, the, the football business improving? You know, we are producing more uh, young players. They are getting their opportunities. And if they're not good enough for Rangers, they're going somewhere else. If, 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 if the, it turns out they're, you know, they're wanted, but we've got the league down the road, which obviously has, you know, bigger clubs and, and, and more money. You know, if if we produce someone of that level, then we're, we're reaping the rewards as as we did with Patterson. So, are you seeing that the, the same sort of situation that Chris is talking about there? That it seems to be improving. That something that we weren't good at for a long, long time now seems to be turning. Well, I mean, I think you can probably pin some similarities to Jordan Campbell's article at the Athletic recently about the scouting and recruitment department and the progression in terms of the framework and structure over the past ten years and how it was non-existent. Um, to how now we have a sort of functional, uh, multi-stream, advanced, modern um, scouting and recruitment uh, department, and that's probably similar to the youth department. Uh, obviously, we had a good a good chance um, when we were down in League 2 and League 1 to sort of focus and give tons of minutes to young players, but obviously with the lack of funds, we're not able to sort of cultivate the um, optimum players, though we do probably now um, have the investment and it seems to be paying off. Uh, I think if you track the B team as well, I think Alex Lowry is just one of many who seem very successful. I know the guys at Heart and Hand um, do a weekly pod uh, with the B team and they talk really highly of, um, obviously, Leon King, Adam Lowry, but his centre-back partner, I think, is called Lewis McKinnon. There's Robbie Ur up top and maybe the uh, the crown jewel is Tony Weston, albeit not officially. Uh, it depends how you define uh, a Rangers product because he came up here when he was 16, but I think he's at 30 goals in all competitions already, which is frankly frightening and um, he's definitely someone who should maybe be looking to step up and not play Lowland League football for the next six months because I think it's probably the point of diminishing return because he's um, performed so well. But I think it's it, it's really um, encouraging. I think it's also in a, in a broader Scottish football context. It's also good to see Dundee United doing it more so. I think they've reaped the award somewhat when they sold Kerr Smith to Villa for I think, I think it was around 850 guaranteed, upwards to 2 million. And genuinely, it's good to see that we're having this sort of um, transition from the playing journeyman. Um, Rangers, admittedly, a bit, uh, but less so than the rest. But we are seeing a sort of, maybe not a youth revolution, but we are see, uh, we are giving both the Rangers and the league as a whole more opportunities to, to young players. And I think to go back to when you mentioned Van Bronckhorst, um, famously during his, I think it was the 16-17 season, he handed a debut to Tyrell Malassi at the age of 16, Neredovice. And Orkin Cockchu at the age of 17, who's now both both of them more um, upwards of like 10 million euros. So he does seem to be willing um, and happy to do so. So let's hope we reap the benefits from it. Chris, from the from from the young to the to the more established and to, to James Tavernier, uh, you know, Lowry's given us the lead, we're one nine up. It already feels like you know it's got it's going to be a fairly comfortable night. Uh, get the penalty, go two nine, but he had two penalties on the night and obviously there's with Tavernier there's, there's been uh, he was on them he was off them you know he was on them for so long he was so consistent then he had a few misses Roof's been taking them recently so uh, when, when Tav stepped up the other night he thought, oh this is maybe him making a claim again but scores one misses one so you would think that when Roof comes back in the team uh, he'll be back on them 
you would imagine so. I, I think Tav's biggest problem was going going the same way. It's always the biggest when you give in get two, especially in such a short space of time. It's always a dilemma. Do you go the Do you go the same way? He obviously did. I thought the keeper actually made a fairly decent save. wasn't wasn't a great penalty. It was a bad a bad height from a yeah, yeah. From a, a good free, height for a keeper, as they say. Basically, uh, no. I think um, the problem for for Gio is it has to be somebody that's going to play almost every week. And right now, I'm not convinced Kamal Roof plays every single week in that side. Tav obviously does. Um, I wonder if he might try and move it around as, as Joe Rebo, somebody that can maybe uh, step up and uh, can take that role instead, maybe. Um, but I think it shows a lot of bottle. I know it was only starting Albion at Ibrox, but Tav is well aware of the of the scrutiny that, that comes around him and penalties now after after missing a few, so it does see a lot about him. He is still willing to, to step up and, and take them, but um, uh, it'll be interesting to see who takes the who takes the next one, which will come around fairly soon because Rangers will <laughs> penalty. Penalty, Rangers. Uh, <laughs> and it was a good moment for the keeper. I can't mind his name, but apparently he's a, he's a, he went through the Rangers youth team and all that kind of thing. He was part of the, the Rangers youth setup, so you know, a good moment for him, something that he'll always remember. Uh, Patrick, I was wanting to talk about Bakuna. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of had a stop-start sort of beginning to his, his Rangers career. When he's when he has come on and when, when he's got a bit of game time, I, I, I think there's wee moments that make you think there, there, there could be a player in there, but he's maybe just not imposing himself on games enough. Maybe just, you know, his style at the moment is, is not different from, from, from the Scottish game. But two assists the other night, and overall, I, th- I thought he played very well. Again, you've got to take the the, the level of the opposition into into account. But I, I sometimes think these kind of games, you know, if you, if you're not getting game time and you come in in a game like this, it just gives you the confidence to, you know, start pushing and, and knocking on the the, the door of the, the, the first team. And I don't think he done his his sort of claims any harm. You know, I thought he put in a good performance on the night. Yeah, I agree. I think his second assist. Um more so than the first was uh, aesthetically pleasing, nice outside the boot past the Sakala. Uh, funnily enough, I was talking to one of my flatmates said he thought he was uh, was terrible, and he cited his um, he had a really bad turnover early on in the game um, when he just a really slack pass close to our box, and then Sterling Albion had something, but we cl- uh, quickly closed it down. But if that was a better team, you have to think that they would take advantage of that. But I, I think it, it, he generally is quite a polarizing. T- uh, player, um, yeah. often scapegoated. I think he did really well in Gerrard's final game against Ross County. He obviously got the goal and when, G- uh, when Gio came in, I thought he would be the one to play um, the sort of role Arfield's playing now. Uh, that was a bit foolish. Maybe it was the country uh, connection, thinking he might vow for his fellow countrymen or whatnot. But um, I-, I expected him to have at least played a more substantial role in, in the past two months. Uh, I don't know what, if this performance does much to sort of increase his chance in the pecking order because he does have sort of he sort of is at least role homeless maybe positionally homeless in the current system we play he's probably not defensively solid enough or secure in possession to play as either the double pivot when we play a 4-2-3-1 and obviously Kamara plays there every day of the week and then with Sands coming in he's likely to play Davis when fit and he's also probably not consistent enough when it comes to an attacking threat to play either as the 10 or even out on the right um so I, I think it is he's kind of fallen victim to circumstances in fact in the way that we haven't played to his strengths but when he's come on he hasn't exactly um, thrown his hat in to make the idea that we should play to his strengths but I, I agree I don't think what we saw in the album will do him any um, it'll do him a few favours I don't think it'll do him any uh, 
anything wrong. Um, you have to consider the level of the opposition, but he was quite decent. And I think definitely pass marks. Um, and like most of the people, were decent without being spectacular. Another one that came in, Chris, uh, said to Ted, you know, he's, he's been recalled from loan. I, I, I thought he was a wee bit unlucky to, to, to be put out on loan. I thought he'd done enough last season to, you know, to, to continue at the club and, and, you know, try and increase his game time here. For whatever reason, maybe Geo fancies him, I don't know, but he's been recalled anyway. Uh, obviously, Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe's went the other way, so that's maybe had a bearing on the decision, I don't know. But I was desperate for him to score, you know what I mean? Because he's been away and I, th- I think he, he kind of needed it. I don't think he's had a great time away in loan. Uh, you know, he missed it. I'm, I don't think it did cross the line, but it looked pretty close. The chance he had earlier on, he, he probably should have scored. So it was good to see him get his goal and he looked he looked delighted with it. You know, he looked happy to be back. He looked delighted that he got his goal. And again, hopefully, it, it's given him the confidence to go on and, and, and contribute in this running because... You know, we're going to need goals. There'll be games when things aren't, aren't going our way. And, and he's another option, you know, someone that you can fling on and, and give us something different. I spoke to a couple of guys out in Germany that cover uh, Firth um, two, two, three weeks, about a fortnight or so when I said it came back. And it seemed to be a change of their system, almost like forced them out of the Firth side. He was brought in to play a certain role. Firth they had to change their way of playing, basically because they were getting beat every week in the in the Bundesliga, and he seemed to kind of pay the pay the price for that. Fell out the team towards the end of his, his time there. Didn't really look like he was going to get back in uh, in the way that they were approaching games. So I think it was probably the best for all parties that he that he came back. Is he going to be a starting striker for Rangers? I'm still not convinced. I think he does have something. I do quite like him. I'm convinced by him that I trust him to go and score. 20 goals a season, probably not. But if he can if he can chip in with 10 and he can chip in with 10 important ones, he's played just as important a role as the guy that goes and scores you know, 20, 25. I think he does have a part to play in the squad. I think he can be more clinical. Um, but as I say, Colin, I think you, you saw what it meant to him to be back and, and to get his goal. If he'd come off the park the other night having not scored, it'd be another week and he'd chip away at the confidence. Yeah. The, the fact that he got that goal having had such a, a frustrating end to his time in, in Germany, he really needed to come back and press, get the fans back on side and just get off and running. Um, and obviously now with Alfredo being away, uh, Kamal Roof not, not being 100% fit um, and still trying to get himself back up to speed. There is chances there for, if I said, to get himself a couple of goals over the next couple of games, he potentially leads the line at, at Parkhead next week. See, the, the thing I like about him is he's just such an honest player, I think. You know what I mean? I, I, I agree. I, I don't think he's shown enough you know, to, to be Rangers number nine. I, th- I think that's that's clear, you know, when you consider the players in front of him, I don't think he's done anywhere near enough to sort of move those people about or move them out of the team, sorry. But I do think he'd done enough last season to, to increase his game time this season, you know, to start really improving in terms of the amount of game time he was getting and, and, and his contribution to the team. And I was a wee bit surprised when he, when he got moved out in the summer there on loan, but glad to see him back, I must admit. And... Uh, I was, I was so chuffed to go to his goal because especially after that miss in the first half, he kind of thought, like as you said, it could maybe have a, a big impact in his confidence if he'd, if he'd come off a, a, against Sterling Albion, a club he would probably be looking to score against without scoring. Uh, so yeah, chuffed he got his goal. Another one who got his goal, Patrick, was uh, Sakala, uh, so he can cut his hair, you know. So that's us, we're all relieved now. Uh, again, Bakuna, great ball through to him. One touch, finish, that kind of thing. 
And again, you know, looking at the fixtures that are coming up, particularly the, 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 the game at Celtic Park in a couple of weeks or a week and a half or whatever it is, good that, that, that two strikers got in, the, got in the score sheet, you know, gave them confidence because I do think they'll play some part in these games because obviously Morelos is going to be away. So to have the two strikers scoring, it was good. And it was good to see Sakala because I think I think he, he is, to me, a, very much a confidence player. I think the more goals he gets, it increases the chances that he's going to score, if you know what I mean, because his confidence just goes up and up. Uh, so delighted that he got his goal. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see him play on the left because um, usually he either plays centrally or on the right, um, obviously filling in for Kent. But yeah, I think he very much is a confidence player. I think early on um, he struggled, he showed flashes and then it clicked when he got the half against Motherwell and then he, he looked dangerous in the games following. And um, his per 90 numbers are uh, really good. Um given the fact that he hasn't played much, but he's got goals in limited time. I do think he will definitely have a part to play in the uh, coming games, most certainly at Celtic Park, given the fact that we will likely, for the most part, play out of possession, want to hit them on the break as they famously um, play such possession-dominant football and they almost have six in the attack when uh, they attack. And uh, that leaves lots of spaces, especially um, out wide with their inverted wing backs. So I think Sakala is probably um, our number one option um, to sort of send it long to him. Uh, and let him sort of play and run with it, which he, I, I mean, early on in the game when it was quite attritional against Sterling Albion, he was probably our only option. Um, you'd put out him on the left, um, their right back would try and stick uh, stick tight to him, Sakala would beat him, and then he'd run into someone or he'd sort of scuff a shot. So it wasn't quite coming off coming off for him with an end product, but it was exciting to see him sort of the dynamic. Um, winger that we hope to see when he came in, um, step overs, beating players. Um, again, you have to uh, temper your expectations because it is still an Albion, um, and both technically and athletically, they'll be subpar compared to um, the rest of the competition we face in any other competition. But it was nice to see him, and I think, as you mentioned, more so than anyone, um, this will do a, a world of good for his confidence, and uh, he he won't treat that goal. Um, like it was against only a League 2 team. I think it was a, a really good finish and uh, hopefully uh, an indication of what's to come. Yeah, it's always nice to see that smile he has. I must admit, he's, he's a likeable chap. Uh, guys, I think we need to have a conversation about John Lundstrom. I mean, he also got 90 minutes on, on Friday. Uh, got an assist, you know, played well, done okay. But you, you do kind of get the feeling, you know, he's came in all right. There was no transfer fee. But, uh, you know, he's, he's on a a decent salary, I believe. If, if you believe rumours, he's, he's the highest earner at the club. You know, he wasn't brought in to, to, to play in these types of games. You know, he wasn't brought in to get 90 minutes against Sterling Albion and then be a bit part player in other games. You know, I, I think he was one of Gerrard's, if not the main signing that, of, of his pre-season. And it doesn't seem to be working out from... Chris, I've, I've, I've seen rumours that, you know, he's maybe linked with down south. Where do you think John Lundstrom's Rangers career is at the moment? Because at, 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 at this present moment in time, it's hard to see how it's going to work out from that it's going to be a successful Rangers career because, you know, it, it just kind of seemed to get a start in the team or, or, or a decent amount of game time. I think you've summed it up fairly well there, Colin. I just don't see how he fits into Gio's team. I don't see him having a... I don't see him being able to justify the outlay in terms of, in terms of his wages. I think if Rangers could almost cut, not not cut the losses, they also didn't pay a fee for them. But I, I think if if they could ship him out, I think that money could be better utilised in other areas of the squad. I know he was a, a 
popular signing in the summer. I think people were quite excited to see how he how he do when he, he came in. But almost from that Malmo game, it's never really kicked on from there. Played well up at Dens Park, and people were saying, "Oh, that that can be the that can be a start of him." It, it was Dundee with all with all due respect to Dundee. That's the type of game he should be running. He should be dominating these games. If you now look, he should be starting European games. He's not going to. He should be starting all fun games. He's not going to. If everyone's fit. He, he doesn't play, and for the, the caliber of the signing, rightly they're put into him. That's not what you're. That's not what you're needing. Um, I, I know Middlesbrough interested in him. A couple of other uh, Championship teams interested. I think if he doesn't go this month, he goes in the summer. Um, and all parties just say, look, th- thanks, but no thanks. It's it's not worked out. No hard feelings, but I think it's probably the best that everybody goes there. It goes their separate ways. Um, the fact that he's not played that often under Van Bronckhorst tells you tells you he's he's not in his, he's not in his plans. Clearly doesn't fancy him, um, and I, I think it's it's probably going to be best if there's a an early departure. Well, what about you, Patrick? I mean, obviously a change in managers had an impact here, but he was struggling before that. I mean, there, there was. There was a wee period for about two or three weeks. I do remember thinking, "Oh, I'm starting to see the best of him now." You know, it was there was two or three games where he really, really did show what he was capable of, and I started to think, "No, this is it. He's turned the corner. You're, you're going to see what this guy is capable." Of. And it's just not materialised. You know, he, he just he just can't seem to get in that team. So, I mean, obviously, change of managers had an impact, but he was struggling before that. So, is there any reason you can think of as to why this hasn't worked out? No, I, I completely agree with Chris. I think the, the sooner um, all parties cut ties and thank each other, uh, hopefully we get some sort of feedback. I mean, that would just be nice on top, the better. I think given the, the, the initial um, reaction to the signing, at least for me, it was quite perplexing. He um, obviously had that great season in his first year in the in the Premier League and then struggled almighty in the second, albeit that was um, from... Um, his general team suffered as well, but uh, it was quite confusing because he's a, he's a defensive midfielder, a six, rather conservative. He does well at breaking up play and playing backwards inside passes, but that's not the sort of player that we, as uh, with our financial standing, pay big money to get. Um, you can find someone in, in most teams in the Scottish Premiership who can do 80% of that and get them on a free. I think Jando Fuchs is a good example, um, but you pay the big bucks for someone who's going to have a game game altering. Um, intervention, like a winger or a striker or centre-back. Um, so I thought it was quite weird off the bat. I, obviously, it was a Jared signing. I think they made that clear both in all the press releases, the interviews, and um, I think just the natural connection as both being from Liverpool um, made it sort of natural as well. But yeah, I, I think he looked decent for a month um, under a sort of jet, uh, late Jared tenure. And I think people were, like you said, starting to think this is what maybe what we're about, about to see from him. But uh, it just went off the boil, I think, considering the fact that he's up against both Glenn Kamara, who's technically superior and uh, probably better in every single facet of the game besides maybe his his running, and Davis, who's a, a club legend and technically superior as well. I, it was always hard for him to sort of you know, cement his place within the weekly team sheet. And uh, the, the rumours, at least, uh, I don't know if they're true or not, the, the wage packet he's on, the apparent friction that caused with Conor Goldson isn't going to help at all either. I think people are if he's their highest played player, you'd expect him uh, to justify that and be the best player on the park. But he he's surely not done that. So I think whether it be in the winter or in the summer, it would be it would be good to sort of cut lot cut our losses and get a fee. Uh, I think Middlesbrough seems to be the like uh, likely definition. It seems quite natural given that Chris Wilder is there and um, he was his manager at Sheffield United. 
Before I move on, Chris, do, do, do you think that's had an impact, the fact that he's, you know, the highest earner? Has, has that been an issue in terms of I'm, I'm gelling into the, the, the squad and, and settling in, you know? I mean, I'm not saying that he's a, he's a destructive character, but, you know, it's what he gets paid is, is you know, what the club value him at is, 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 is largely not down to him, you know. I'm, I'm, obviously, they'll have negotiations, but the club are willing to pay that on him. They're prepared to pay that salary. You know, he's 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 not doing that to to piss anyone else off in the dressing room. But has that hindered the the, the process of him having a successful Rangers career? That he's come in and maybe one or two others within that dressing room are thinking, "Well, wait a minute, you know, I've contributed to the league season here. I've done this, I've done that." And this guy just walks in, and all of a sudden, he's a top earner. Is, is that maybe been an issue bubbling away in the background? Do you think? Probably only a question that John himself can answer, whether he feels any external pressure or any pressure himself from, if he thinks, well, I, I need to almost justify myself as a new signing, but I need to justify myself even more because I know what I'm being paid compared to guys that have played Europa League and, and have and have won leagues. Only he will know if that has had a if that's had an impact. I just like his his career, Rangers also didn't have a great start to the season. That coincided with his with his early, early struggles. And he's just even as Rangers have stepped up gears at times, he's just never really, never really got going. As Patrick said, I don't see him fitting into the fitting into the side as such. He doesn't really seem to be a, a Van Bronckhorst type. I think he's a bit slow, a bit ponderous. He's not. I just, I just don't see how he's ever going to be a starter in a, a Van Bronckhorst side. And if he's not going to be a starter, there's no point in him being here. You can't have guys on his money that are going to play against Southern Albion or come off the bench just to help see games out. Now, as, again, as Patrick said, there's, there's guys all around the league you could pick up for next nothing to be able to come in and put a couple of tackles in in the last five minutes of the games. You're needing him to be doing more than that. I just don't think we've seen, we've seen anywhere near enough to suggest that he can, he can turn the corner, unfortunately. Uh, last comment on Friday's game, guys. Uh, Aaron Athletic in the, in the next round, a, a team that still runs a shudder through my spine. I remember that game at Ibrox we got reaching on. I can count in one hand how many times I left Ibrox early. Uh, I left early that day. <laughs> let's, let's, just put it, let's put it that way. The minute the second goal went in, I just stormed off in the huff. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm sure it'll be different this time around. been 13 years since we've, we've, we've won the Scottish Cup, Chris. I think it's six years since we were last in the final. The jerseys in the background there from the 2009 final. We need we need to have a strong run in this 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 competition. Surely it's it's long overdue that we reach the final, let alone win it. Uh, Rangers' record in, in both cup competitions is abysmal. Frankly, it's nowhere near good enough for a club of our standing, a squad of that of that quality. And it was obviously the major feeling of of Stephen Gerrard's and the, the, the fact that they didn't win at least one of the cups last season. No matter how great the season was in terms of fifty five. It was a huge failure that they didn't go in and, and then capitalise on that and get another bit of silverware. The less said about Hibs and Hamden this season, the better. We'll just not mention that again. Um, so there, I think there's a bit of pressure on the Scottish Cup this year. The league is obviously, for so many reasons, uh, in terms of winning the league and building on 55 and also the uh, Champions League and the, and the finances. The league is huge. But again, if you got to the end of the season and it was only the league, I think there would be a bit of disappointment uh, amongst the fans and certainly a bit of disappointment amongst the amongst the squad and, and the manager. Gio has made it clear he's, he's here to win things. There's no reason why Rangers can't go and win the Scottish Cup. So I fairly a kind draw to them. 
Um, looking forward to going back down to Tannin, not, not being there for a while. Looking, looking forward to that one, uh, but it should be a fairly, a fairly straightforward one, you would think. Patrick, I, I shudder to think what age you were the last time Rangers won the Scottish Cup. Yeah, I think, I mean, my age shows, I think, that like, my lack of experience with Scottish Cups, I would probably take a European run, at least over the League Cup, probably not the Scottish Cup, but I think I just looked at, we've won four Scottish Cups while I've been alive, and, and was it seven, eight the last time? Um, I would have been six years old the last time we won the Scottish Cup. So um, oh, hopefully hopefully we, can, hopefully we can win one soon. Uh, and I do think it's probably set up quite good. I mean, Obviously, I think Aberdeen are playing Motherwell. Um, St. John's turnaround. Um, I mean, Celtic home to race, you'd expect them to go through. Uh, I think if we can avoid them as long as possible, meet them in the final, probably be ideal. But I, I would probably I'd back us to win it. And I think there does seem to be a revitalised energy to to do well in the Cups after sort of re- a re-evaluation when Gerard left. People looked at his tenure. When we saw, obviously, he did what he was asked to do, but there was a, an appetite for silverware out with the, the league, which wasn't satisfied. And I think that's something probably Gio has um, addressed and probably took on um, and wants sort of goals and objectives season on season. I think this is a perfect way to start, especially given the fact his arrival was clouded by our poor performance in the League Cup semis. So that might be um, obviously one of the, the big two goals for him this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Gio's sort of steadied the ship in terms of conceding. And that always gives you a chance in a cup competition, doesn't it? If you're not conceding a lot of goals, it gives you a big chance at him. I'm just desperate to see us win a cup again. You know, it was great to win the league last season, but yeah, a wee day out at Hamden in May, it's it's long overdue. Right, guys, uh, on to the, the previous week, uh, the, the return after the break, uh, the winter break, uh, the rescheduled winter break, I should I should point out, but we'll not go too much into that. Don't want to go too much into the game. I, th- I think we need to focus more on the, the sort of aftermath and the fallout from it. But Chris, overall, I mean, on, on the performance and the, and the result itself, it was kind of typical and it was kind of my fear when they rescheduled the, the, the break. You know, Rangers had a great run of momentum through December. You know, they were in great form. A couple of stutters in terms of performances, but getting results when they weren't playing well, they were digging them out and other games that were playing really well, convincing wins, all that kind of thing. And we were motoring. You know, we, we were in a really, really strong position going into those two games at, at Pataudry and Celtic Park. And then obviously the COVID things kicked off, they've rescheduled the winter break. And my worry was... You know, over the last few years, when it when it comes to winter breaks, for slow starters, and going to Pitodri is not the best place to be going if you're a, you know your slow starters coming back for a break, and that's kind of how it felt. You know, a disappointing performance and disappointing, very disappointing result. I just never really got going. Didn't show anywhere near enough going forward. Thought it really like flat, but lackluster. Nothing. A bit kind of lacking, a bit of invention, lacking ideas. Um, Morelos had no service. I thought it was just a bit, a bit, I say flat and quite like a strange performance. I know that, that there have been aspects of some of the away games or some of the performance in the geo. That was like almost like the worst of it, of every part of it. Nothing just seemed to, nothing just seemed to get going. Um, and the fact that it was, if it had been a I said Bernard and D&T at Ibrox did have probably got through it. I think they could have played that to that level and still got through it. You can't play that way and expect to get anything from Petroida. I thought Aberdeen did play pretty well. They certainly deserved a point. Um, I think in the end it was actually probably a good point for Rangers just, just to get out of uh, get out of town uh, with unbeaten record still going. Um, but have to be far better than that because if, if they turn in too many performances like that over the next few weeks, it's amazing how quickly momentum can shift in a title race. Patrick, 
looking at the, the sort of fallout from it, I mean, I mean, Rangers' poor performance aside, but we have to look at the performance of Kevin Clancy on the night. And I mean, it was the two worst refereeing performances I've seen in the last few years have been from 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 Clancy, from Kevin Clancy. One was the game at Celtic Park when we won two one. Uh, another was the other night, and I, I don't like going down the road. He's saying, you know, referees are cheating and all this kind of thing. But some of the decisions were so bad and so consistently bad that it's hard not to think that there's a bit of, you know, foul play in action here. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, the, the sending off of Ryan Kent was horrific. It's it's as bad a sending off as I think I've seen. I, I don't think. Any of them were bookings, you know, and the, and the one that, that resulted in the red was just embarrassing. Uh, and the, the the sight of Kevin Clancy walking off with Scott Brown laughing and joking after the game, you know, I don't think that's a good look either, to be honest with you, considering how the game went. So how did you feel about Clancy and his performance? What, what, what were your views on it? Because mine was, it's probably as poor a performance as I've seen from a referee in a long time. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir. I I think I I tweeted after it was um, the sequel no one wanted to his old form to 2019 performance. Uh, and interestingly, with the Clancy and Scott Brown um, having jokes and walking off, I remember Giovanni Sunis had tweeted a, a Photoshop of I forget which referee smiling with Tav walking off was, and the amount of outrage was, that got. Um, was it no Beaton? I think it was John Beaton. Maybe yeah, probably John Beaton to, yeah. to play into the brother Beaton patter, but. Um, this was genuine and, um, I mean, quite frightening. But I think we all need to rewire our, our expectations for referees. It's an incredibly difficult job um, and we have semi-pros doing it here. Um, but I don't think that excuses how poor of a performance it was at um, I think the foul count was 21 to 7 um, in our favour, or not in our favour rather. But So that's incredible, three times the amount of fouls. And you can't even rationalise it by saying... Um, Aberdeen dominated the game. I think the possession stats were fairly even. The pass numbers were fairly even. I think the tab yellow card was almost as bad as the second Kent yellow. Um, I think it was just a, a comedy of errors. Um, and then the backlash for Rangers rightfully um, entering dialogue with the SFA reg- uh, regarding it. And then the really poor journalism we saw, I forgot from who about the... the or trying to make up the idea that Kevin Clancy's been axed from the next game week as a result of his poor performance, whether well, when it was actually, he was just on the rota and it's, it's his break week was really poor and uh, not a good um, site for the sustainability of uh, sports journalism in the country. What about yourself, Chris? I mean, there has a story came out tonight, I think it's on the Daily Record, uh, suggesting that he has been axed. You know, he's he's, he's, he's not on any of the midweek fixtures, but someone, as, as Patrick pointed out, uh, I kind of mean who it was, but someone's pointed out that that wasn't the case. That, that this was announced, you know, before all the the the, the business and the, the fallout from the Aberdeen game, as Patrick pointed out, it's just his week off, so to speak. He, he wasn't officiating in these games anyway, so he hasn't been axed, he hasn't been dropped, he's not facing any sort of sanctions for his poor performance. Uh, and on his performance, did, how, how bad did you rank it? Because uh, it's one of the worst I think I've seen, to be honest with you. I think Kevin can uh, Kevin Clancy should be dropped permanently. I think he's 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 just not he's just not a very good referee. Almost every time you see him, he makes he makes mistakes and not just small mistakes, it's big mistakes, it's things that just shouldn't shouldn't be happening. Um I don't think there's anything untoward or underhand or cheating or anything like that. I don't buy into those theories. I just think he's not very good at his job. 
whether going full time is going to improve that or whether doing other coaching courses is going to improve that or whether he just can't do the job. Only he knows. He'll have to decide if, if he is a, a top flight referee and the SFA will need to decide if he's a top flight referee. Um, but it takes quite some doing to have both sets of supporters on your back as much. The Rangers fans gave him stick for 90 minutes. Aberdeen fans gave him stick for 90 minutes. Uh, and that, it's, it's quite something to have to be called out so furiously by both sets of supporters. You must be driving down the road thinking, I've, I've not had a good night here. Is this, is this really for me? Uh, as, as, as you both said, a really, really poor performance. It doesn't, I don't think it, it had any impact on how, how Rangers played. Rangers didn't deserve to win the game. But that's a, that's a very separate issue. Just because Rangers didn't win the game, they're still quite entitled to have concerns over how the game was, how the game was refereed. Um, and I think it, it speaks into a wider conversation of refereeing standards in, in Scotland. At this at this min, uh, minute, the standard isn't high enough, the quality isn't good enough, the referees aren't good enough for the level of football that we've, that we've got. And it has to be solved soon. So whether it's more training, whether it's going full time, I don't think the uh, VAR coming in is going to be the switch that just flicks it and everything's going to be hunky no. dory from that moment on. If anything, it's only going to get worse and we're going to have more uh, full outrage on both sides and there's going to be uh, stuff flying around over, over nitpicking on an even more uh, nitpicking level than we're already used to. So it is something that the, the SPFL, the SFA really have to look at because at the minute, the referees aren't good enough for the for the job. And, and in terms of like you know, this is all about decision making, uh, Chris. You know, when you consider the involvement that Scott Brown had in the game, and, and if Kevin Clancy's got any sort of sense of, it's obvious I'm not having a good game here. You know, both sets of supporters, you know. Rangers fans are having a go at me. I, I did chuckle when I heard Aberdeen fans saying you're just a hun with a whistle. Uh, that made me laugh a lot, I must admit, because if, if there's, there's one thing Kevin Clancy's not, you know what I mean? But uh, he must have had a sense that he kind of lost control of the game a wee bit, you know what I mean? It wasn't going the way that it should have went. What makes him think that it's appropriate to, to, to laugh and joke? With someone who was involved in the flashpoint at the end with Ryan Kent going off the field, I mean, even that as a as a as a decision making process, surely as a referee, you just think right, I get out the road of the players, shake their hands, get everybody off up the tunnel, and get everybody back down the road, and everything's fine. To be laughing and joking with them after that player was involved in a flashpoint, and you know, and he's waving Ryan Kent off the park and all that kind of thing. Again, it's just it's not a good look. No, it's not. I say once once he's blown the full time whistle, he shakes everybody's hands, he stands there, waits for his assistants to come on, lets the players go off, and then up up the tunnel uh, and whatever happens if you then get approached by players or management whatever and they want to go through various decisions do, do that up the tunnel uh, there's no need for them to, uh, to walk off in that in that manner and it, it just speaks to making bad decisions now, it wasn't the worst one they made all night uh, but it certainly wasn't a good look Patrick uh, moving on for, for Wednesday night and Looking forward to you know the the, the sort of the, the remaining days of the, the January window. Now I've seen a lot of angst uh, on Twitter amongst the Rangers Twitter at you know day business, day something, Rangers just day things that kind of thing. Uh, I must admit I, I feel a wee bit more relaxed about it. My concern is keeping players. You know I think the squad that we have now is more than good enough to to to, to put in a strong challenge and probably win this league title. 
So I'm not, I'm not that bothered about people coming in. Uh, I'm more worried about just keeping the players that we've got. But, you know, a lot of fans are, you know, demanding sign-ins, demanding that some of the, the Patterson money is reinvested. Uh, can you see Rangers doing anything? Do you want them to do anything? Or are you quite relaxed about the whole thing? No, I generally concur with your um, sentiments. I think it's the squad is currently constructed. It's more than good enough to go and uh, and win the league. I think it's a mix of angst from the other side doing quite a lot of business, whether you think it's good or not is up to your own decision. And some people generally feeling that we're not as secure in the tight dress as they once thought. So they're sort of preempting maybe some excuses or something in which to point the finger at upon the end of the season because it's getting a bit nervous. We're both getting into the second half of the season and uh, obviously we've just dropped points against Aberdeen. But I, I think I'm probably more concerned with some outgoings. I'd like us to shift on some of the players who haven't never got the Rangers career going. I think Lundstrom is probably one of the best examples. Like, Albeit he might get as a fee. I think Jack Simpson and Brandon Barker, um, albeit uh, Brandon Barker's contract expires at the end of the season, but i just like to see us get him off the books. Um, it's not worth for either, either party and just get him playing football somewhere and enjoying it. And I think Jack Simpson, albeit he's tied down quite extensively and he came in just 12 months ago, I think he's showing that he really he really has no future at Rangers. Um, he wasn't terrible against Sterling, playing left-back of all positions, but um, I just think given our centre-back depth and Leon King being promoted, there's, there's no spot for him. Beyond that, I think we m- might see one transfer, I would assume. I think that might be pandering to the sort of demands of the support, but also um, a, a sign that we do have the money and we will reinvest it, whether that be a right winger or a lot of people are also asking for a sort of a box to box eight is up to the decision. Uh, but I do definitely agree the most important thing is maintaining our assets and perhaps extending them so we have a better position when it comes to bids in the summer, hopefully after a league title um, and increase the value. I think Aribo, Kent and Morales are probably the four bearers of that. We need to get all three tied down if we have any aspirations of selling them for big or them coming back and leading a Champions League charge. But um, yeah, I, I think the most important thing is we don't sell um, any of our top players because uh, that would be bordering on um, competitive suicide. Chris, what about you? Do, do you see any sort of movement? I mean, I, I think we have to be mindful here that Rangers have done some business in January. We've, we've brought in Sands. Obviously, Suter signed a pre-contract. There's talk that he might come before you know the window closes this month. Uh, interesting to note, he wasn't in the squad yesterday uh, when when they were playing Auckland uh, Lake Talbot in the Scottish Cup. You know, I, I don't think Rangers have been slow here or, or, or slack. I think they've I think they've done some good business, and some of it is long term. You know, they're looking at rebuilding the team because it does kind of feel like this summer is going to be a big moment. You know, I think it could be the the breaking up of this squad. So, do you see them doing any other business, or do you think what they're doing at the moment, just maintaining the the, the guys that we've got? Bearing in mind, we've got Ryan Jack. Hopefully to come back. We've got Hollander to come back. Leo Balligan came back into the squad the other night. I, I think Rangers are in a fairly strong position here. I think, much like you've both said, guys, I think the squad as it stands is good enough to go on and win the league. But I think the, the getting angst and the, the getting animosity, if you like, it's because people know what's at stake. You know it's almost a £40 million pounds gamble getting Champions League this season or not getting Champions League this season is huge for the next couple of seasons for Rangers Celtic whatever side of the of that uh, you're on it's it's huge in terms of finances and infrastructure everything about the club so it's almost do you gamble and hope that it pays off or do you speculate to accumulate I'd expect Rangers to do something I think could still do with another option right back to replace Nathan Patterson um, I would like to see another forward option somebody playing on the right somebody that's a bit 
a bit quicker, a bit trickier to keep in and play on that side. If they don't do those deals, I still think Rangers will win the league. If they do do those deals, I think that just increases their chances of winning the, uh, the league. If they can then get Jack Simpson out and John Suter in, it balances up the squad, balances up the books. I think that'd be a good, a good bit of business as well. So an, in, an interesting week coming up. Moving on, uh, sort of final point for the night, Chris. The, you know we've got we've got Livingston on Wednesday. I think it's Ross County next Saturday, and then you know the big game at, at Celtic Park. How are you feeling? You know, I mean, don't want to take the, the, the games against Livingston and Ross County for granted. You know, but assuming that we win those games, how big a game is this game at Celtic Park? And 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 how do you? I'm bearing in mind that Rangers won't have any supporters in there. Uh, we'll be missing Morelos. How do you think Rangers are? are, are sort of sitting in terms of taking that game on and winning it? If you offered me a four-point lead leaving Parkhead next Wednesday night, I would take it. Um, I think the you also don't want to take Ross County and Livy for, for granted. Livy Ibrooks should take care of itself. Celtic also struggled up at, at Dingwall earlier on in the season. That's not going to be an easy one, but again, they should, they should come through it. I think they're more than capable of going to Parkhead and, and winning. Um, also having a rebo back is a a huge boost Celtic missing a couple of players I still think there's doubts over how good Celtic actually are I know they're uh, they're hitting a wee bit of form over the last few weeks they're obviously making signings I still think they can be got at I still think they they can be beaten at Parkhead and if they could go to Parkhead and win that's a huge statement of intent win if they can see see off these next two games and then go there open up a bit of a a lead again that can really lay the foundations for Rangers then kicking on over the next few weeks and, and it becomes very difficult to uh, to catch us if it goes the other way the whole momentum swings and um, we could potentially be playing catch up for the first time in a long time in the, in the league so that's a really really significant few days I would be happy with a four point lead after it though I, and I'm fairly confident that we, we won't be any worse off than that What about yourself Patrick? Obviously I, you know the, the, the sort of proviso is here that everything goes well against Livingston and Ross County you know, and we're going into that game with the four-point lead. How are you feeling? Do you, do you feel confident? Uh, does no fans make you feel a bit nervous? You know, are Ebo coming back? Does that give you confidence? How are you feeling going into this game? Because my own feeling is, I've just got a wee bit of fear that with the law of averages, they're, they're maybe actually do something. You know, they've no one against us for the best part of two years, you know, in the league. So there is that sort of thing in the back of my mind, thinking, well, you know what, they maybe actually might just be due something here. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I think obviously it's it's a it's an important game in uh, both teams, and it's an important juncture in the season. But I think it's far more important for Celtic than for us. Um, I think if they fail to get anything out of the game, um, that would be incredibly concerning, given the fact that this is perhaps not play personnel wise because their central creativity and structure will dissipate without Cal McGregor, Turnbull, or Rogic. I think that would really really hurt them. Um, Rogic and uh, McGregor especially. Think McGregor's broken his cheekbone as well supported. So if he's out, I think that's a massive. He's probably their best and most important player. Uh, Rogic similarly has been on a real purple patch in the last two seasons. But if, if they fail to get anything, uh, not necessarily the, the league's over and Rangers have won it, but I think it puts them in even more so of a, of a chasing position because the league, uh, as all leagues, um, just the dynamic has gone. They're won and lost in the old firms, and this is perhaps their best setup given the fact that obviously there'll be no Rangers fans, you know, can debate the merits of if 800 fans makes a big difference or if footballers can actually 
are mutually intelligible with fans and they just enjoy noise as opposed to if they're singing for you or, or against you is up to debate. But no, I think we're in a good position. I think obviously we need to see the Ross County and the Livy games. Uh, I think Morales is a miss. He's naturally just his mantra and his um, play style always helps uh, away at Celtic Park. But I do think the fact that he's gone probably... Uh, we might start something with Roof Kent Sakala that works really well and so much so that we'll have uh, pace on the on, uh, in at wide and given the fact that they'll probably dominate possession and we won't get too many chances, Roof is probably the best natural finisher and the best placed on the park to take some limited chances. So I, I do think Morales is leaving um, for Columbia's bittersweet. It's nice to see him back in the fold and obviously be nice to have him leading the line at Celtic Park. I'm sure he would love to do that. Um, after scoring a few times last season, but none in fact in front of fans yet. So I'd be interested to see what he has um, ready for the Celtic fans at Celtic Park. If he were to score at some point in his career there. But no, I, I do think we are set up quite well. And I do think that personnel deficiencies in both injuries and national team cops will be substantial. Um, hours less so, luckily. Well, hopefully it'll all go well, uh, and we'll cover that when the time comes. Uh, looking at the time, guys, it's, I think that's probably just about enough for tonight. So big thanks to Chris and to Patrick for their contributions tonight. Brilliant stuff, as always. We were live tonight. It was a Sunday night. Uh, but as always, guys, the pod will be available tomorrow on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places. Uh, We'll try and get something out on the Tuesday night for the, the Livingston game, get a preview show out. We'll obviously have a preview show next week for the Ross County game and uh, the main show will be back next Sunday night, so get on to that. In the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Until the next time, guys, bye for now. <laughs>